What can the Badgers learn from this weekend against an overmatched Buffalo team? What can we actually take out of this game? You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Badger fans? Welcome to Locked On Badgers, your team every day, game week. We are excited. Today's show brought to you by Game Time. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, Locked On College for a code $20 off. That's Game Time. Uh, we're going to bring Nick Bruzewitz in. I'm excited for this one. Nick is... Uh, Hey, Nick. Nick is uh, over at um, the game. Just started there. Also a contributor at Badger Wire. Nick, this is a big week. Huge. Buffalo, Wisconsin. Uh, I want to ask you this because this question has been rattling in my head. What are the Badgers – what can we actually learn from this weekend if the game goes the way we think it is, where Wisconsin is a 27-point favorite? What can we actually take out of this weekend? Well, you're looking at a brand new offense and a brand new defensive scheme in Madison. So you have a roster of – relatively similar guys operating in a new system. So you're looking at Braylon Allen in the backfield. We want to see if these can be facing these eight man fronts. If not, if they can clear it up with this air raid offense, you're going to look at Braylon Allen as just a workhorse this year. He's a big guy. He keeps getting bigger. I don't know how it's possible. Plus, I mean, I like to keep the joke going that he's still 17, but in reality, he's 19 or yeah, 19, I think now. Um, And then Tanner Mordecai, Brand new quarterback coming in after back-to-back 30 touchdown, 3,000-yard seasons with SMU. Can he keep that going now in a Big Ten offense? Will he be able to keep it going against a Buffalo team that, honestly, they were a bowl winner last year, right? Camellia Bowl, they beat Georgia Southern, who the Badgers will get later. And uh, he's going to be operating in an offense that many people are super excited about. And then if you flip it to the other side, Mema Jong Meta um, is going to be back. And he's going to be leading this defense. Jordan Taylor back leading this defense. But those two are playing in a new defensive scheme. They're going to be playing in the 3-3-5 under new defensive coordinator Mike Tressel. That's a defense that is especially good at confusing the opponents. They're going to get the quarterback uncomfortable. And linebackers and secondary players oftentimes excel in that defense. One to name, uh, two to name out of the secondary from Cincinnati are Sauce Gardner and Kobe Bryant with a C and a Y, both in the NFL now, both cornerbacks. And I'm just excited to see how all of that works together. And I haven't even mentioned Luke Fickle yet. That's a lot, right? Yeah. Um, it feels like, and that's kind of where I wanted to go. You And I kicked it off to you first. I want to see the scheme in action, right? I think one of my big takeaways from this weekend, what I would hope to see, um, because listen, Buffalo isn't player for player going to be able to match up with Wisconsin. Like we, we know that the Vegas line reflects that it's going to be a 30 point game. Potentially. I want to see the execution, right? Cause Wisconsin could roll the ball out there and beat Buffalo, but are there going to be illegal motions, uh, false starts? Are there going to be um, scheme issues, getting plays in delay a game? Are they going to have to burn a timeout to get something in? You know, if I feel like if we can come out of this week without a lot of that, I'm going to feel really good about the scheme going in. Yeah, and you you have to think a Luke Fickle offense and defense, uh, a coach like him expects excellence, right? And so if there are those issues, they're going to be addressed at practice. And overall, I think the Badgers are going to be in a position where they get up early on Buffalo, and then they maybe get to see some of the additional depth players, right? They're incredibly deep at the wide receiver position because, yes, they still have Chimray, DK, Skyler Bell, and Keontes Lewis. 
add in two guys from Cincinnati and Will Pauling and Quincy Burroughs, add in Bryson Green, add in CJ Williams, add in this, add in that. So you're going to see a lot of these different guys who are going to be playing in specialty positions. It's not just going to be running wide receivers one through three. It's going to be designated slot receivers. It's going to be the guy that brings over the top. It's going to be everything under the sun in this new offense. And that's what is so inspiring, so exciting about Phil Longo and becoming the offensive coordinator of the Badgers. On top of that, though, there's a lot of expectations. So that is what I'm looking at, wide receiver depth, usage. And then on top of that, you're looking at the tight end position. You saw two tight ends walk away in Eschenbach and Cundiff. And so Hayden Rucci, naturally a blocking tight end, is going to be taking that number one role this year. And in an offense that is expected to air it out, he may need to develop more of a pass-catching role. Well, you know, another thing that I'm interested in is special teams. I'm curious on your take on here. This is going to be really our first opportunity to see Atticus Bertram. Uh, it's going to be first opportunity to see Nathaniel Bacos kick in Madison. I think special teams this year could be a, a, a turning point in a couple games. That's another one I want to come out of this. I want to see Vacos have a couple kicks, right, and see and see him nail them. Um, I sure. want to see a couple nice punts. I want to see special teams at least not be a liability. Um, so that's something else that I think potentially we can start to learn from this Buffalo game. And I think it's really interesting that Tim Ray DK, who many believe is the top wide receiver, will be the return specialist as well to open the season, which um, at the professional level, you rarely see your top guy returning those kicks. But at the collegiate level, it's kind of more up to the athletes. And DK seems to be a team first guy. Vakos is interesting to me because um, if you look at the production at the kicker position in the last couple seasons, it was challenging at times last year with Van Zelst. He's going to have an opportunity now to kind of sit behind an experienced kicker in Vakos. Um, and my guy, Colin Larsh, two years ago. I mean, wonderful dude. And as consistent as can be, if you look back at his numbers, he's one of the top five kickers in this program's history. So it's a it's a new era and many people focus on the offense and defense. It is interesting to look at that special teams unit, Ryan. I think we're going to see a lot more kickoffs than kick returns. It's going to be probably a handful at max kick returns. We're going to see a lot of kickoffs. I think we're going to score a lot of points, so we're going to be uh, watching. And in the past, we haven't had our place kicker take that kickoff. So uh, we'll see what that looks like this year. Maybe Vakos does it, maybe not. I'm not sure if they're you know, fully cemented on that role. Where are you at on, on – I know you mentioned in the pros and the college, there is a bit of a differentiator there. Um, where are you at on DK? Where, I, bigger picture, where are you at on your key players being involved on special teams? Whether it's uh, coverage or kick returns, punt returns, whatever it is. Well, if the guy can make big plays, right? You've seen guys like Tavon Austin in other programs become NFL players because of that special teams usage, because of what they add on that. I like DK as our top wide receiver. I'm not sure when you look at him as a returner, if that's the best way to go about it. If they were thin at wide receiver, maybe even last season, he didn't do that, right? We had Ingram returning most of the kicks. And now we look at DK in a stacked wide receiver room and he's a captain on this team. So he is stepping up and using his athletic ability for not only receiving, but now he's going to be catching kicks, returning them. And he led the team in touchdowns last year with six. I'm looking at him this year. If he keeps going up each year, he has, you know, eight, 10 touchdown catches and an offense with a quarterback in Tanner Mordecai that 
uh, typically favors one top receiver and then feeds the rest. I think DK could be in for a huge year, and he's a Wisconsin guy. So I, I really like that for him. It's a very exciting season. And if DK lives up to the hype, you'll see him move up draft boards. And that's awesome because that's a position that the Badgers don't typically have that level of uh, professional usage where where wide receivers aren't making it in the league. It's normally an offensive line, running back, uh, defensive end, linebacker type team. Now we're looking at a defensive unit with Mike Tressel that has turned out NFL talent in the secondary and an offensive unit with Phil Longo that is working with wide receivers that go on to the next level as well. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Uh, I think you made two really good points there. The first one is the, the DK thing doesn't bother me much because the receiver is so deep. Obviously, you would never want him to get hurt, but if he can be, if he's the best punt returner and you have the depth at receiver, if he does get hurt, I think you're okay with it. If the depth wasn't there, I wouldn't like it as much. Uh, and the second point you made, I think, is is just hitting the nail on the head. Wisconsin needs to produce more NFL talent at that spot, not just to recruit better, but quite frankly, NFL talent means you can walk onto the field against Ohio State and put some fear into their defensive backs. It's also oh, no just doubt. a level playing field thing. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a quick break. Friends of the show, we're going to come back. I'm going to ask Nick maybe an underrated storyline. What's one thing he concerns us about? And has Luke Fickle done anything wrong? We're going to talk about that next on Lockdown Badgers. But first, a quick break for our friends of the show over at Game Time. Listen, if you've ever been stressed about buying tickets, finding the right deals, the perfect seats, Game Time is the app for you. This is what I've already talked about. We're going to use when we get our Ohio State tickets. We're coming into the, to the uh, Madison for the Ohio State game. I am so excited about it. Game time is what we are going to use. The number one ticketing app on the market. And you don't got to plan months in advance. There's flash sales, exclusive deals. And you have the game time guarantee. You get the best price every time. If you find the same tickets in the same section and roll for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So you, you're always covered. Whether you, you find a ticket now or in two months, you are covered with the game time guarantee. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two snaps, and you're set. Uh, snagging tickets without the stress with game time, download the game time app, create an account, use the code lockdown college for $20 off your first purchase terms do apply again, create an account, redeem code lockdown college for $20 off download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guarantee. All right, let's bring Nick back in here. Also want to say thank you to everybody tuning into the show. Really do appreciate it. Uh, Nick, I want to go here. I, I asked you this kind of, um, when we were, we were chatting for the show. As Luke Fickle, so this is this is another thing that's interesting to me with the Buffalo game. This is the first time we're really going to see the rubber meet the road. And it is Buffalo. It's not the, the litmus test here for this team. But it's the first time we see the Luke Fickle team on the field. Up to this point, has he made any missteps? I, I don't think that he's made any missteps that matter at all to the program. I mean, he continues to put on the most professional, most you know game-driven, focused quarterback coach type thing. Not quarterback, but coach right so he's he's all about business he said they're in here to win championships they're not messing around then the only thing i've seen that i jokingly think is a misstep is uh he was recently ranked as the number one coach to not get in a fight with right he could win any fight against any other head coach in college football i think that when he said "Eh, i'm not really a fighter right I, i will if i have to um I wish he would have been like, yeah, that's right. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, don't mess with Luke Fickle. Um, we get to it. <laughs> so he, he's he's a big dude, and he's a former Ohio State standout defensive end, right? And he went on to the NFL briefly, and he's been a hard-nosed football coach for a long time with a great track record of, of 
programs that perform well, right? So when he was interim head coach at Ohio State, very successful team, took him one full season to turn around Cincinnati, and within a few years, they're in the college football playoff. I don't think it's as much of a project here in Madison, right? It's just a team that has become archaic in their offensive approach. And with Luke Fickle, a defensive coach, he's brought in a guy in Phil Longo on offense that seems to be fully on board with changing how the team does it, but not fully reinventing the wheel. I think a lot of people are um, misinterpreting what air raid means, right? They think that means all passing, no running. The identity of the Badgers has always been running the ball, but that pass attack is going to be able to open up those holes for the running backs. You're going to see probably a 50-50 split, but that air attack, that air raid opens up the backfield. So to circle back to Fickle, I don't think he's made any missteps yet. Um, Certainly if they fall to a team like Buffalo, he'd be considered um, a misstep at that point. Uh, But we're not worried about that. I think that this is going to be a game where the Badgers uh, get nice competition from a team that is very kindly coming into a hostile environment. But similar to last year against Illinois State, I think it's kind of just exhibition game into the regular season schedule coming up afterwards. You know, you hit on something that I don't think it's talked about enough, and that is the the misinterpretation of the air raid, the changing of the culture. Like, Luke Fickle, I think from a culture standpoint, believes in a lot of what Wisconsin believes in. You know, and as long as the culture stays strong, you can change the the pieces around it, but the inner workings, I don't think are going to be that dramatically different, you know? So in that aspect, I, I agree with you. Uh, I want to talk to you. What, what's maybe an underrated storyline or something that potentially worries you with this team, something that you've been thinking about that maybe doesn't get talked about enough. I think that there's a lot of production to be filled for the pass rushing attack. I think that this is a team that had a star in Nick Herbig last year, the jewelry thief in John Torchio setting up or the jewel thief, whatever his nickname was, um, setting up a lot of that pass attack, and then Keanu Benton up the middle. Like, this is a team where you're looking at 80% of their sack production walking out the door. Mm. And so you see guys like Jordan Turner. I like Jake Chaney just because he's another one of those undersized linebackers for the Badgers that uh, seemingly always seem to produce. Um, but that's what I'm a little concerned about is this team is not going to have a sack leader walking in the door like they did last year. At the end of the year, do you think you're going to look back and say, yeah, I was I was very right to be worried about that? Or do you have a feeling like it's going to come together? I think it's going to come together, but it's not, in my opinion, going to be like a 14-sack guy or a 12-15 sack guy. It's going to be six here, eight there, four there, three there. It's going to be a team-type attack because of this defense. That 3-3-5, three, three, you're not going to see four down linemen pushing and creating holes for those rushing linebackers. You're going to see a lot of disguised attacks, zone defense, zone blitz. It's going to be a defense that's going to be setting up all of their assets for individual opportunities instead of, hey, we're going to scheme, put a guy on the right tackle so Herbig can get around the corner, right? It's going to be, oh, we're pushing three up the middle and then a disguised cornerback blitz, right? So you're going to say at the end of the year, this Mike Trestle defense is very different than what we've seen with Jim Leonard in the past, but probably close to as effective. You know what worries me about that? And I, I so pass rush has been one of my big concerns too, right? Uh, and I always tell people, 
because I'm, I'm going to ask you this in a second too, where you are on the hype meter here. I always tell people get really excited. Like not everything is going to go perfectly in any season, right? Like things are going to not quite come together. And when you start talking about having to scheme up pressure, to me, that's another way of saying, I don't have anybody I can line up on their best player and just get easy pressure. And better coaches will neutralize schemes, right? When you play Ohio State, it's harder to scheme up pressure because they put more pressure on you um, from a defensive standpoint. And that's where my concern is. I, I agree with you. I think you're going to be able to scheme things up, but you're going to be going against other coaches who can also scheme, they can scheme uh, pressure beaters up. You know, and that's where if you just have a guy like Herbig who you can just say, my guy's just better. That's where I think we're going to be a little bit behind this year against the elite teams. Sure. And uh, fortunately enough, our schedule doesn't have too many of those quote unquote elite teams on it. Obviously teams can become a surprise team, right? Iowa's on our schedule, Minnesota, Illinois, of course, Illinois last year really surprised a lot of teams. Uh, Ultimately the final game for Paul Chris here in Madison. Um, But Ohio State's the one you circle and you say, this is the elite team. They're coming to town. Um, And I think it's going to be a defensive team once again with an offense that's finding itself. Like it's going to take some time because there is a brand new quarterback. You're going to be returning Ches Malusi to the rotation in the backfield. There's no Isaac Grendo to spell both those guys, barring any injuries. There is a whole new stable of wide receivers. We already talked about the tight ends. So I think that the defense, which is greatly returning players, same role, just different scheme, is going to be a little bit easier to click early. And so I do not worry about the defense long term. I think that this is a team with a coach whose identity is defense, with a defensive coordinator that's worked with the head coach for years, and a system in Cincinnati that where the Badgers were like top 1%, Cincinnati was top 1.5% in the country. It's not like it's North Carolina's defense coming over as well, right? It's a defense that has been very good for a long time. So I'm looking at that, and I'm not overly concerned. Um, the schedule, again, it's it's not a schedule that you have a lot of games that you circle and say, hey, I think they're only underdogs in the one game against Ohio State, and other than that, they're favored. So um, that could be Luke Fickle hype where everyone's kind of expecting something that the Badgers should produce. Um, but last year they were also favorites in a lot of games that they didn't win. So uh, there's a lot to, to consider, um, but it's a new era and there's a lot to be excited about. And you are reaching here just trying to find something for us to have uh, to, on the back burner in case, in case something goes wrong and, and it's right to do that. Um, but overall, I mean, the quarterback in, in in particular, right? And tonight we're we're seeing our former quarterback go to go to battle with the Florida Gators. Um, a lot has come out about how uh, the the program handled Graham Mertz in his time here. Um, not hiring a quarterback coach is number one in my mind. Uh, Paul Chris going to take that upon himself. Um, it doesn't seem like the resources were always provided to Mertz to succeed. And geez, did that guy have an incredible debut to try and live up to his entire time here? No, it's true. And and you, you talk about that's a great point. So you talk about the resources not being there for Mertz and just flip it to what you have now. And Mordecai has one of the best quarterback developers in the country. Like you can't you can't have a bigger shift. I mean, everybody talks about Luke Fickle. And one of the things I've always said, it's not just Luke Fickle. It's going from Bobby Ingram to Phil Longo. No disrespect to Bobby Ingram whatsoever. But he's not Phil Longo as a quarterbacks coach. It, it's not fair for him to expect that from him. Um, yeah. I, w- 
want to ask you, and you mentioned quarterback, a couple of really quick kind of over-unders. Um, Tanner Mordecai, over-under 33 touchdowns. 33 is what he had last year with SMU. I think he's going to hit it. I think that there's going to be a precedent to be set this year in Madison for quarterback play. There's a lot of expectations and a lot of pressure on them to be successful. And this dude has done it, right? He's not a new quarterback. He's not stepping into a system that he can't handle. Phil Longo has compared him to Sam Howell in the past, saying that he's so level-headed, he can take any play, good or bad, and just continue at the same level. So I think that that is something that he'll hit. 33 touchdowns, to me, seems like a number that he'll get to. Braylon Allen, 1,500 rushing yards. That is going to be based on his health. I mean, this guy has been banged up in recent years because – because of how big he is, he's able to break through tons of tackles and drag guys. But that wear and tear runs very quickly when you get 8, 9, 10, 11 games on your body. I think 1,500 yards is a huge number in an offense with Ches Malusi. I would say short. I think he's going to be short of 1,500, but that's because Malusi, this is saying that Malusi's healthy the whole year as well. And both of those players, right, by the way, have struggled at times. Uh, leading receiver for the Badgers, this isn't an over-under, but who leads the team in receptions? I think DK leads in receptions for sure. I think that he's the guy that uh, Mordecai can look at as experienced. And, you know, it's going to be somebody, right? Because Mordecai hasn't worked with any of these guys before in the past. It'd be different if he came over from Cincinnati with some of these guys like Will Pauling and, and Quincy Burroughs. But I think DK is the guy that's been here, done that. And I expect him to continue. I think he had 60, low 60s receptions last year. I'd see him in the 70s this year. Okay. Um, We're going to take a quick break, come back. I have one more question to ask Nick. A a great guard question that I always get, uh, basically no matter what I talk about on the show. We're going to ping Nick on that next on Lockdown Batters. Uh, But first, if if you're watching this and you're not in our Discord, go join it. I'll put the link in the show. It's a great community just to talk Badgers. No politics, no gophers, only Badgers. Come join the Discord. All right, Nick, I, I got to ask you this one, um, because basically every show I do, I get yeah. two or three different people that say, is it time to fire a guard? I'll be interviewing um, like the receivers coach or Brady Collins, and someone will jump in the chat and be like, hey, ask Brady Collins if we should fire a great guard now. Where where are you just on a scale of he shouldn't this shouldn't even be talked about too? He should have been fired last year. Well, I think that there was an incredible overhaul of the athletics department here at UW-Madison, right? You looked at the football program. It wasn't up to par. They just completely overhauled it. Hockey, men's hockey, not up to par, overhauled it. You look and you say, hey, Chris McIntosh, do you think that he did his due diligence looking at the basketball program, or do you think he just said, meh, it's okay? He did his due diligence. He looked at Greg Gard, and he said to him exactly what he expects. And so there's a lot of pressure put on a coach like Greg Gard, especially when a player like Johnny Davis just becomes a superstar overnight. People don't really realize how the recruiting process works. And if they if they do, they just are failing to consider it. You recruit for the class of 2023 in 2021. That's before his huge season for Johnny Davis. So last year, we get one freshman, and it's Connor Asesian, who becomes a star right away. And now this year, we got three freshmen coming in, Nolan Winter, Gus Yaldin and John Blackwell that all have varying degrees of hype around them. And two of which winter and Yaldin are big men, which the Badgers seem to churn out year in and year out. And then all of this plus AJ store, who's coming over from St. John's 
He's a four-star, five-star recruit, one of the best players ever gained by the Badgers basketball program. High flyer, played in the Bahamian national team this year. He's going to bring crazy athleticism. Does he start? I don't know because you're getting five starters back this year. But in all likelihood, he's going to become a really good player. And finally, Daniel Freytag is going to be one of the best guards ever recruited to the Badgers. He has committed to join us, right? Anything can happen in that time between now and 2024 when he's supposed to be here. But it's hard to say fire Greg Guard when last year he was dealt a, a rather difficult hand with a roster that loses its best player, its highest scorer, and then you see Tyler Wall suffer a tough injury early in the year and never really play up to how he was prior. And then you see guys like Stephen Crowell have to learn as a big man, right? You had Chris Vote spelling him half the game in his, his second season here. Vote leaves. Then you see Stephen Crowell's the only guy over like 6'9 on the team. So everyone just needs to pump the brakes. If the Badgers don't make the NCAA tournament this season and they're a sub-500 team, I mean, I don't think Greg Gard can stick around. That being said, this guy has done a lot of good stuff here. And many people say, and we were talking about it, the argument that the Badgers need to be in the Sweet 16 every year doesn't really consider odds, right? There are 200 basketball teams that are vying for that NCAA tournament bid. And finishing in the top 16, you're asking them to finish in the top less than 10% annually. And that's it's a very hard thing to do. And not many programs do it, especially ones that have to use uh, close in-state, out-of-state recruiting like the Badgers versus uh, programs like Duke, North Carolina, Kansas that grab nationally and even globally. Yeah, so you and I are, are pretty lockstep on this. But I would point out, and this is an argument some people will make, and I think there's merit here. And I actually, I, lo- I agree with everything you said with this offseason. I think he crushed this offseason. Um, and listen, Con Knipple's still out there as well. Who knows? Like it's yeah, that's fingers not crossed, out of the, man. Jeez. That's not out of the realm of possibility. I also love this incoming freshman class. But there are people that will point out, you know, you mentioned uh, they didn't have a big besides crawl last year. That is on guard, right? Sure. Like, you have to build that depth. And that, I think that is one thing I would say. There's times the team feels starved for talent when you look at the bench, like last year, for example. And I think your Johnny Davis point is really well thought out. It's not talked about a lot. He left before, you know, the team at Wisconsin was planning on him leaving. That yep. being said, that happens in basketball. Mm-hmm. Oh. Maybe that's great guard calling in. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll call you back later, Greg. One second. Uh, sorry about that. But, dude, uh, I'm, it's a great season to be a fan of Badger sports all around, right? I mean, this volleyball team, we haven't talked about them. They're 3-0. and They're the number one ranked team in the country. They battled back last night against Arkansas. They're going right now against Arkansas. This women's hockey team has won seven championships in the last, like, 16 years. It's nutso. And the football team, right, if they if they live up to hype, this is going to be a team that we look at annually as a top team in the Big Ten. And the men's basketball team is another one that we look at annually, and we are very excited about them. But you got to temper expectations. It's a hard place to recruit basketball players. It's really cold during the season. And it's not like a hub for basketball players in the state of Wisconsin. We have Milwaukee. We have a lot of great basketball players here. And that's the biggest gripe people have with Greg Gard is that you're not grabbing the local guys. You're not grabbing the guys from in-state. But overall, I mean, football is two days away and I can't be any more excited.
No, I, I agree with you there, man. Uh, really, really thankful for your time. Nick, where can people find uh, everything you're doing, um, your social media work, what's going sure. on with you? Uh, Twitter included here, at Nick Bruzewitz. Uh, You can catch me on the Mike Heller Show, Monday through Friday, noon till 3 on 97.3 The Game. That's FM. That's in the Milwaukee area. Or 1070 Fox Sports The Game, which is the Madison area. Otherwise, anywhere you get your radio. So you can tune in on the iHeartRadio app or Apple Music, et cetera. Um, but yeah, otherwise you can see me writing for Badger's Wire. Look up Badger's Wire. I do some stuff for them. Um, but yeah, I, I just graduated from UW-Madison. I've been in and around the radio station there for a long time. And I'm moving up to the big leagues. Uh, and I'm hoping the Badgers are moving up to the big leagues in football and other sports moving forward. I love it, man. Last one here. Game prediction, Buffalo. What's the score? I think it's going to be 45 to six. I think the Badgers are just going to route them here. I think that we'll see Vakos make one field goal and six extra points. And uh, we're not going to give up a touchdown. I don't think the Badgers are going to bend in the red zone. I love it, Nick. Thank you so much for the time, my friend, and enjoy this weekend. Sweet. Thanks, Ryan.